Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Congratulations, you've unlocked some Gorilla Radio. I am a crypto keeper, Steve Strange. I will break down a digital asset called cryptocurrency. But you'll be rolling into central end. I got no time for glitches. I just need to buy land. They are chasing my bosses. What somebody be telling? But I don't give much. Cause I ain't selling. My NFT is not another number. I put a price, so don't place a bit. What is under? The banks wanna see us there. Even put prices on our head. But still I have mana on my ledge. For when you bled, everything alive. How will it live? For DC, I'll notice for GMC for crypto kids. Alright everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me on another episode of In Crypto for All. Again, a conversation that has been taking place for quite some time now. <clears throat> I think we're well enough into enough happenings to really shed some light on it, um, at least various points on where we are in the crypto space whether we have yet to make that step in investing or whether we are a few cryptos in, I think um, most of it should really start to play out um, to your understanding on maybe what we're dealing with. The uh, conversation is reaching higher levels. In fact, it's becoming much more, um, I think, accepted or recognized, at least to a point of what well in however it's mentioned there's a level of familiarity more so than it may have been a few months ago it looks like the crypto market is still ranging over a trillion dollars still about one and a half and bitcoin's price is ranging at about the fifty thousand dollar mark um and uh yeah i tell you what um that last episode um about the dark side of the coin <clears throat> and and trying to address the other side of bitcoin um you know just to kind of relay the information on what else is behind it you know um because you you have to look at both sides of the story and there's a term called bitcoin maxi and i tell you what um you know if if uh, there are any Bitcoin maxis out there, and if they would have heard that episode, they probably would have been screaming their head off because, um, you know, to really talk down on Bitcoin in any way, and that means a Bitcoin maximalist, um, and to talk down on Bitcoin in any way 
is just really going against the grain with them on on that kind of mindset because really to them you know that's the the early pioneer that's the first one out the gate that's the end all be all that's the one that's going to take you uh to the moon and beyond and you know so on and so forth um and and again i'm just i was just applying some details um to further uh make the case a well-rounded case on on um how you know bitcoin's behavior or how it exists because it is a very controversial statement and it does create a little bit of a um a divisive uh i don't know grouping or conversation when trying to acknowledge um you know a favorite coin or not um and i i may have touched on that sometime before about how um tribalism really kicks in with a favorite coin and whatnot it's just that um you know part of the understanding or the acceptance on the you know innovating technologies and and how else these things are going to be accepted or adopted especially on a bigger uh corporate scale or enterprise you know what have you however the world's going to run i can um like easily say that um you know bitcoin is frowned upon when it comes to those high level entities you know this isn't um something that they they will i don't know openly choose um for you know as far as their preference goes and um you know and they're going to be you know campaigning the um in um the, the the green movement you know the renewable energy side of things you know just just you know trying to create some kind of uh, uh, propaganda or agenda or whatever new initiative is coming out however they spin it however they get you to con to convince you to to uh, you know accept the 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 mainstream line uh bitcoin does not fit in you know in that rhetoric in that narrative you know it does not go um to their standard of uh of liking and um you know and with that i just that's the reason i wanted to bring that uh you know um some level of precaution to um you know knowing what you're you're holding or what you're going to be getting into i mean for the time being it it is pretty desirable because it is still uh speculated that the price is going to a phenomenal rate you know 50,000 isn't nothing compared to what everyone is pretty much assessing that it is going to touch um or at least blast off beyond 100,000 and um that sounds that sounds great you know because it sounds like a great win that even um, any amount of money you could put into it it could um <clears throat> you know expand your investment that much but um you know in in some form of, of safeguard or you know um, um, some form of more um of more of a uh, comfortable investment uh you know you have to diversify you have to think about holding um other types of, of cryptos because uh they have um you know from an innovation standpoint of where other cryptos come from you know the protocols the networks and how they um you know how they're related how they're um, going to be associated with our everyday lives um it's it's going to 
become much more important in um, you know in that level of acceptance and and what's what you'll be able to comfortably have in your wallets and what you'll be able to to you know cash out in and what investments and um you know so be sure and um you know try and carry out a conversation maybe with others about what they're what coin they're looking into um you know i think that's another um popular question that takes place i was at a, a market the other day and um uh crypto kind of just came on to you know the conversation um by happenstance and and um you know and it was with a couple of gentlemen and and um you know one was uh, unfamiliar with you know kind of carrying on that conversation because he, he really you know had no idea um how to kind of you know begin to discuss this but the other gentleman he just kind of jumped out there and said oh wow yeah i love crypto and then you know one of uh one of his first immediate questions was uh, so which ones are you looking at you know that's one of the um uh, more popular questions that i think linger on people's minds when they're in the crypto space is to kind of get that that reinforced knowledge or some insight into what are what else the the uh, the market is um, you know holding for as far as potential goes you know what what else can uh, maybe you can invest in that seems just as appealing as maybe um um like whatever favorite stock you may have been looking into and um so i thought that was a you know just that's always a fun way to kind of uh, go about things when someone is like ready or excited to start you know to bring up um some crypto talk and be able to share ideas with what coin that you like or favor and um and each one always has a very interesting story you know um depending on what it is um you know i don't mention ethereum as much but ethereum is a pretty important um you know altcoin out there it's 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 pretty much how the you know the this new kind of internet is going to be based off of because of the the um the the technology of what smart contracts are you know that's the, the the programmable part of carrying out any type of function whether you um whether it's dealing with banking or whether it's tokenizing pieces of property all these are um, smart contract um savvy operations that's that's what this is going to become you know so ethereum is just one of those um things that are going to continue to set off the crypto space into a more mainstream uh uh, usability and and that's what it comes down to you know the the use case you know until we get there and it's coming um you know it's all just a, a guess right now but i think too we're still far enough to where it seems like there is um much more acceptance in some area in some other higher levels on what is most likely going to be picked up um and meaning what companies um uh what coins uh that companies are going to be using um so i mean one one example of that is a headline that that came out and it was in regards to um uh, a company called bloomberg and that is kind of like a, a business uh business news type of news company and um, it put out a uh a story the other day uh, maybe a couple of days ago a few days ago about um 
these particular cryptos that are going to be um, used on um, their ticker. So you know how if you watch like a Wall Street channel, you'll see um, the various um, names of the, the, the stocks, you know, and they're, they're gliding across on the little horizontal strip at the bottom or top of the screen. And what those, you know, uh, those tickers and what the value of it looking like, you know, whether it's plus or minus percentage or something. And so Bloomberg, um, interestingly enough, put out a statement about them doing that with cryptos. Um, for example, they were going to be adding six new crypto assets to their, um, you know, and showing off tickers, you know, to highlight on a more um, main stage, a more mainstream factorization and, and how people are going to be viewed or viewing these uh, names of cryptos, you know, kind of. Um, accepting the, that familiar, um, you know, just kind of putting it out there in your face, you know. Um, and so that's that was very interesting that they were going to be doing that because, um, you know, a lot of times we don't have um, we only have a certain amount of time in our day. Right. And it, and uh, we're as valuable as this is going to be to apply um, some certain level of reading and research into you know, where are you going to invest in? How are you going to you know, get involved with these cryptos? Um, it it really does help if it's, you know, kind of put out there in some way. And and uh, and so this, this Bloomberg terminal is going to be showing the, the names of these certain cryptos and these specific ones, in fact, which I thought was quite peculiar. And maybe you can attribute that to their marketing, to that crypto company's marketing um uh, valuability and playing that very smart i can't tell you how much they may have paid to make that happen but hey they just got it out there now and so uh, just to let you know they're going to be um you know advertising if you will the the cryptos of uh, one's called orchid and the ticker is oxt and this one is very um notable because it's going to be a vpn for the blockchain and um, if you don't know what a VPN, it's kind of a virtual private network for you to, uh, it's a sense of security for you to utilize. And I'll be getting into that here in a little bit. Um, but to continue, another one is called OMG um, and it's OMG network. Uh, OMG is the ticker. And this is going to be, um, it's similar to um, a PayPal in Asia. And so Again, I think your eyebrows should uh, rise on that one because that's kind of a big deal. And uh, they're going to be utilizing the Ethereum network as well, um, or at least that Ethereum functionality only. Ethereum is still really kind of, it's still getting reinforced, uh, the foundation. Uh, it's getting restructured to come off something called the proof of work to go on to the proof of stake, which is uh, making the 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 protocol or the coin itself more native to the internet rather than running um, all types of external hardware using up all kinds of electricity to produce ethereum and i went over the details of that with uh the bitcoin and that being very a very problematic process the proof of work is almost a liability and something that you really have to be cautious about because it's also becoming, um, in a way, an antiquated process on how crypto should be formed. Um, so 
uh, yeah, OMG is going to be kind of a big deal. Um, the price um, lately, I think, is ranging around four or five dollars. Um, I remember when it was around, ranging around dollar fifty. I think that was a really great price entry to kind of go into uh, getting picking up some OMG and just holding it until that network is ready to take off because it's still being built out. But I think it's going to be a big deal. Another one is called EOS, and that's the name of the um, coin and company itself. I honestly don't know what EOS stands for, other than it was um, it was a very big mover and shaker at the time of it um, hitting the scene and coming out because um, it was going to be almost it was it was it was being uh, like proclaimed to be an Ethereum killer. So Ethereum killer was a uh, a uh, an interesting term that was being used at the time. A lot of altcoins were coming out because everyone was looking for the next Ethereum killer. You know, Ethereum was already leading the way in the number two spot for as long as anyone can remember, and it's it's got a um, you know very firm setting in its foundation. But there were other coins being developed that had. Um, maybe a much more efficient protocol or technology behind it again being native to the internet already you know the coins being pre-mined or already um being um existing on the internet without them needing to mine them with all the external hardware and uh so eos has a very um advanced type of protocol in that the transactions per second are very fast the smart contracts um, they're very smart and um, it was um, being developed by one of the Ethereum co-founders as well. And so, you know, he, when he was creating EOS, uh, Dan Larimer is his name. Um, he was very uh, fond of this one. He created other, um, other crypto protocols that were very successful at the time of their release. And, uh, but there was one in particular that he called his baby, one that he wanted to, um, you know, kind of make that you know, a place, uh, have that firm place in the crypto space to, to, to make a name for it. And EOS was one of them. And, um, I think, uh, it's used in certain areas already as far as, um, you know, um, in transaction in transacting information, not so much on the monetary scale, but, uh, being utilized in, um, um, various types of transactions and processing information and that sort of thing. Uh, again, a lot of this is just, you know, internet alternative internets that carry out more uh, functionality. And so EOS was, uh, and is, could still very be, uh, very well be a big, big deal. And so again, moving on, these are the names, again, these are the names of uh, tickers that are going to be readily valuable, um, uh, constantly seen, um, within a very big mainstream popular uh, business oriented uh, news news network um, from Bloomberg. So moving on, the next one is Chainlink. Um, if you remember, I uh, proclaimed this one to be actually a favorite of mine because it is a big deal. Uh, most people creating these new blockchains or these new altcoins or even in the DeFi space, the decentralized finance uh, do not like to move on without some sense of security. And Chainlink is one that offers that. It's a service that provides um, the safeguarding of onboarding information and, um, and, and keeping the integrity of the whole 
uh, technology or network together and Chainlink does all that and then some. So whatever the price is now is nothing compared to where I think um, it's going to go. Personally, in my opinion, because this is um, one of the prime examples of a uh, of a blockchain of a particular token that's going to um, be widely accepted because it already is. It already it's already partnered with a huge. Um, like if you were to look at a map of the ecosystem or its partners, um, it would it would really cover the face of the wall. Um, so that's how far Chainlink has come in really a short time. And another ticker uh, that's going to be highlighted is one that's called Tezos. And the ticker is, oh, sorry to back up, Chainlink. The ticker on that one is um, L-I-N-K, Link. And so moving on with Tezos, X-T-Z, um, this is a pretty good one too. The founders coming out of Silicon Valley, uh, in which, um, by the way, a lot of these programmers have been coming out of the Silicon Valley and the, um, you know, in the San Francisco based, uh, tech companies, there's a lot of them that have really been setting the stage for, uh, crypto from day one. And a lot of them, um, at least the American ones, um, have been coming out, uh, from Silicon Valley. And so a, a very highlighted uh, company uh, for Tezos, they came onto the scene, um, you know, with a lot of recognition and praise because uh, these were people that knew uh, what they were doing. They've been in a space for a while. So, uh, you know, I think this is another really strong company that can take off. Um, I can't remember the the supply. Okay. So when I look at coins, uh, just to give you some heads up on, on one of the things that I look like or look at when I look at a, a particular, when I'm looking into a particular coin or token, um, I like to look at certain factors, certain variables. And, uh, and one of the things I look at is the, the total supply of that particular, uh, altcoin, because whenever, um, you know, it has a, it'll have, if you look at the details, it'll have something called a valuable supply and then total supply. Okay. So for example, Tezos right now, the valuable supply on that is, is stating about 760 million, uh, million tokens. And, uh, the total supply has a, um, an, un, an unknown to it, which means that, um, more Tezos could be produced and one reason that is, is to uh, keep up with the, the demand of the protocol. Um, but I mean, it's not something that they're just going to flood the market with and creating an infinite supply because, um, you know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when you um, tamper with the supply of a token, um, you know, that, that brings in the factor of inflation. And then that, you know, has a tendency uh, to devalue you know, the, the potential of it. So I don't like the fact that it has no total supply because you, you it's not capped off, you know, and I honestly feel like that could uh, really be problematic in manipulating the price. However, uh, the Tezos um, protocol is almost as important as the, the chain link protocol because it's, it has this, um, this, this high scale, this high high throughput and scalability in, in carrying out, um, you know, the uh, the advancement of its technology and what it does, and 
And what it does is pretty much the same as Chainlink is it secures the network in various ways. It doesn't allow the information on the blockchain or from your business or company to be compromised in any way. It just handles um, all the information and transactions within your, you know, whatever whatever kind of uh, private internet you'll be operating on as a company again um, to to uh, solidify you know the the standing of all your information just to, like a sense of security so it's almost on par with where Chainlink is um, and so for that it has a high potential of being adopted and being brought on by major uh, corporate entities um, so I think it's still a pretty good uh, investment. And so moving on, and uh, the next one um, and final one that Bloomberg will be showing off is one that's called Stellar. XLM is the ticker. I've mentioned that um, a few times before, I believe. And this one is uh, one to especially note and possibly um, be a holder of, uh, hold some XLM because it's focused on currency. Now, whenever it comes to moving on to the new financial system, uh, there's the, the, the transacting and the scalability of dealing with, um, you know, how you're transferring funds and how money is going to move. It's going to need a very uh, fully functional, um, high scalability, high throughput, very everything's got to be on the level with it and utilizing uh, your, you know, transacting funds xlm is that type of blockchain it has a blockchain that's very advanced and um and it's also poses it also poses as a, something called a bridge currency which means you could uh transfer any kind of token or any anything onto the stellar blockchain transfer it it moving at a very very high speed and um you know it's it needing to get to where it needs to go in a very uh, fast amount of time. So I thought that was very interesting that Bloomberg is going to be showing off those particular coins because, um, um, you know, that's going to just kind of put it out there in a more accessible way for people to know what one is called. You know, I mean, they're not going to, it's, it's less likely that someone's going to approach you and ask you about Filecoin, you know, there, um, unless it gets put on Bloomberg. Again, these these are just a kind of a popular popular way of acknowledging the names of these particular cryptos. So I thought that was very interesting. So to kind of go back on the that first one I mentioned called the Orchid, and so Orchid is um, Orchid can be found on Coinbase, and um, the best part about this is every one that I mentioned um, is available on Coinbase. So Coinbase is um, a good way to get started. <clears throat> it's been around for a long time. It's out of Silicon Valley. It's um, one of the most secure and easiest to use platforms out there when um, buying and selling crypto and even linking with your existing bank account to transfer funds if needed. Um, so they have a selection, a particular selection of coins uh, that they carry and they they do a very uh, thorough process in, in in vetting which you know which ones they're going to carry on their platform and it's amazing to see them carry as much as they have now because for years they were only uh limited to just uh three or four you know in particular and um 
you know, and it seemed um, less likely that they would ever carry any any other type of tokens. And um, so they've come a long way. And everyone that I've mentioned is available on Coinbase. So, um, you know, it's something worth noting. And uh, so Orchid is um, um, considered to be a crypto-powered VPN, which is very interesting. I mean, the blockchain's already kind of like a uh, secure type of internet. But, um, you know, when you, when you bring in that option of VPN, <clears throat> um, it creates a, a, an anonymous virtual identity, meaning, um, you know, it, it provides a level of security so that if someone is maybe snooping or, uh, maybe hacking your line, your, 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 your internet provider of where you're using your device from a VPN will sort of, uh, defer that or cloak that or, um, hide that, um, point of origin of where you're upper, like where you're um, using the internet from and it'll completely shoot your um, supposed um, ISP provider, internet provider to a completely random location, whether it's anywhere else in the country or around the world. And so a VPN is a, uh, I think a very um, essential type of security to have on your device, whether it's your mobile or whether it's your uh, PC, desktop, laptop, any any kind of electronic device. When you're on the internet, um, really consider having a VPN. It um, it it provides a very strong level of um, internet security um, for you know for your identity, so that you're not compromised, so that you have this sense of uh, uh, being reassured that, you know, that, um, if there was a hacker, you know, he, he wouldn't be able, he or she, they wouldn't be able to find you because your VPN is on and it's showing you, um, to be out of the Philippines somewhere, you know, it's just something like that. Um, and so, uh, and honestly, I don't know of any other cryptos out there that are, uh, like this, that are a VPN and this particular one or that's called Orchid. Um, and it's, it's recently the winner of CNET's 2020 innovation award. That's kind of a big deal. CNET is a long, uh, running, uh, technological, um, um, like electronic magazine, you know, everything in the computer realm, CNET, you know, they, they talk about it. And so for them to kind of give their approval over you know, a, a blockchain, even, is pretty amazing and for this particular one orchid to win the innovation award i think uh, you couldn't really ask for for anything better and um i mean to to just kind of further that with more reassurance uh some of the specs on orchid um i have to tell you about because right now it's 49 cents okay uh Whenever you're looking to pick up any um, any kind of crypto, you want that kind of reassurance on what your invest investments are. You know, not that it's coming from some dummy corporation or some some you know some somebody just kind of threw a coin on the internet hoping you to buy it. This one has a lot of backing, has a recognition. And remember, Coinbase they do a lot of vetting before they put something on their platform. They're not going to sell you crap coins. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right now, Orchid is at 49 cents. And considering it's a VPN for the blockchain, that sounds pretty um, uh, undervalued to me. Um, and it has a total capped supply of 1 billion. Okay. So if you think about how many people are in the world right now, I think we are significantly above 1 billion, which means the supply and demand on this is uh, there's there's a high probability there's going to be a strong uh, supply and demand on this, um, I believe. Because again, blockchains are already secure as is. Uh, VPN just adds that other element of security. And really, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, wanting that reassurance. So I think that's something to kind of really take note of. But just the the availability of having a VPN again um, is is very important because whenever you're moving further into this space and if you start to further your investments um, more than just maybe an initial $50 that you threw in and say, hey, what the heck, you know, you know, what's what's just a few few bucks to throw in on this just to see what happens, you know. Again, that's that's an essential part of your transition and getting to know and familiar with the importance of this space and how you should transition into it and looking at it seriously. This is an alternative you need to consider seriously. And um, it's only just a matter of, of time now before, you know, much more of the, the mainstream starts to let you in on what's been going on this whole time. And... Uh, so when your investments start to expand and grow and you start to realize, whoa, I got a lot more. I put I put in a lot more than $50 in this. Um, you know, I should be concerned about how to safeguard my investment in this. 
And um, so this is a pretty, a pretty big deal when it comes to thinking about levels of security. And so a VPN is, and there's different types of VPN companies out there, you know, just a matter of picking which one you feel is probably the better one. And again, go through all the types of reviews and recognition awards, even, you know, um, cause there's a lot of anti-malware, anti, um, um, you know, just on how, what kind of, um, uh, software you use to protect your, your electronic devices and, uh, and check in on it from time to time. If you have your mobile equipped with a VPN, just to make sure that you're, you're good to go there. And so let's expand further into those levels of security on, uh, you know, what you should kind of really take into consideration. Okay. So I know one of the biggest mistakes that, um, um, an everyday user, even longtime users will make is, um, safeguarding their, their passwords. Okay. So whenever you, whenever you create an account into a uh, platform to begin investments and start buying cryptos, you, uh, you will have, and if it's a very good platform, they will go through levels of security in them and them asking you to provide information or, um, you know, what passwords and then to go on from there on what levels of security to take. All right. So then, yeah, it usually starts with your email. Okay. And so, uh, that's one of the main entry points, um, that could cause problems when it comes to email. Um, because, um, you know, and um, maybe you have, or maybe you haven't heard of different types of someone you know, um, breaking into your email or taking over and changing the password. That's kind of a, a very scary feeling. You know, that's that it's, it's almost a form of violation that you do not want to go through. And, uh, so again, that's, that's part of the anti, um, anti malware, you know, taking that safety precaution on, uh, what kind of, uh, software you're using to protect your electronic devices. And, um, and so if someone, um, you know, kind of, if you, if you don't feel comfortable with your email, you, you might want to consider looking into different types. Okay. Gmails are, um, pretty popular, but they're not totally safe. I mean, you can have it set up to where you'll get notified if something happens, but it's still, there's, it only goes so far. It doesn't a whole lot of um, platforms and services that we've been using on this, the regular everyday internet aren't as equipped when it comes to security as you might think. And, um, you know, again, one way that someone could break into your email is if they SIM swap on your phone. Um, you know, that's been known to happen before with someone, uh, were to go into your, uh, phone, um, your, your phone, your cell phone provider and somehow, um, convince them that, uh, they need another SIM card, um, and they're actually trying to obtain the SIM card that's in your cell phone. That stuff happens. So you have to be communicative with your cell phone provider to make sure you take precautions on that level of security so that you have some reassurance on safeguarding the inability for someone to SIM swap you. And then, so when moving on, um, going back to the, to the email side of things, there's a uh, email called Proton Mail. P-R-O-T-O-N, Proton. Proton mail is a um, encrypted type of email. 
and it's one of the most secure types of emails you could ever have and um you know it because it it encrypts it um meaning it's gonna be unavailable for anyone else to read other than you yourself and you yourself will have that sign on and have exclusive um um sole um admittance to reading whatever your email is um so anyone else would be unable to um kind of break into your or read your emails if you know they're not allowed so proton mail is a really good um um you know a particular way to kind of go about in what emails to use because whenever you start signing up for accounts that's going to be the number one the first step that you take is providing your email address that's how the um this decentralized world or this blockchain world is going to communicate with you is through that email and um you know it's not going to be that typical conversation on the phone with the bank you know we're moving into a new era of how these things are going to work and they they're primarily done through this communication of of you know through emails and so um you know just keep that in mind whenever you're creating an account on what your email security looks like um on you know whoever or whatever it is and then so the next step you know is creating a password okay so i think this is the one that you should um um really really take into account i mean actually all of these are but as far as the practice goes whenever you create a password do not um leave this password within your phone um meaning like it's 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 you know like say if i were to be able to hack into your phone and i can pull up that 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 note app, that note app or that you know whatever it is that you wherever you keep notes <clears throat> your password if your password is in there it's accessible you know it's it's out there it's available for others to see and i know the convenience of um having it you know right there where you can find it easily copy paste you know whatever it is but you uh I really wouldn't recommend that. It in fact the the main remedy to this is to keep it offline. Meaning you're going to need a hard copy, okay? Get a sheet of paper or something and write down this information offline and then keep that in a safe place. So this, you know, this this offline hard copy of this sensitive information um will not be accessible online okay everyone i can i can't tell you everyone always leaves their their passwords you know easily easily found on their phone in one of their note apps and uh, again the convenience of it is helpful yes but it is a risk and so this is a factor that's the reason i'm bringing this up is to to your best of your ability do not leave the sensitive information online as such especially if you have uh the option of you know when you put in a password and a and um a tab might pop up saying if you'd like to save it you know autofill that's saved somewhere okay and it can be accessed and so again as easy as it is for it to automatically come up onto your sign on so all you have to do is click sign in 
that's still a very risky play if you're messing with a, a very large lump sum that you've invested in these in these platforms okay um, and so these are very important uh, safety protocols to consider and uh, you know and people that have been in this space for a very long time uh, have made this mistake and it's still very very real okay and so another interesting a very interesting uh, safety measure is something called 2FA, two-factor authentication. All right. Um, I don't know how um, how many, you know, how often people use this. All right. And again, if it's a, if it's a really good uh, crypto platform, they're going to automatically um, present that to you and ask you, um, would you like to uh, apply the the 2FA and and that is a serious yes that is a very high recommendation because again that would lessen the risk i mean this is this is going way beyond making a secure password that uh will you know turn green when you when you've created a password that becomes secure enough right this is this is going to be another level of a measure and it may feel like a tedious process but again Think of the risk. Whenever it asks you for a two, two FA, this two-factor authentication is one of the strongest safeguards you could have on your um, on your device. Because before anyone, before any kind of transaction or, or operational task can take place, you will uh, be asked to fill out this this number code that comes from the two FA, and so. Um, there, there's a couple that I know out there. One of the more popular ones is, uh, is Google related and it's a, uh, uh, it's a, it's an app itself. And, um, so if you begin to kind of look into that and you download the app, um, and then when you create an, an account, it will automatically roll over into that 2FA. If you already have it downloaded, it'll be applied to that 2FA I haven't dealt with it in a while to recall exactly the steps on applying it, um, on 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 um, how that crypto platform is going to be put into the two FA. Other than I think it going into that automatically, or you signing in to your Gmail or, or email or something along those lines. But when you have a two FA and you have the app downloaded, um, you know it'll. It'll um, have options on you being able to add um, extra, you know, to, to add that platform onto that app. And it can be um, accessed through your, your, um, your, your Google account. And uh, so that's where you, you'll be able to kind of go in and, and be, be like the, the master manager on um, everything within the 2FA. So the way it works is whenever you're about to conduct a uh, task or transaction within the crypto platform um, that security measure of the 2fa will come up and ask you to fill in this number code so then you will go in to the 2fa app and look at the um, uh, that particular platform that's within the app and it's going to every 60 seconds i believe every 60 seconds it um it changes maybe it's not 60 seconds but 
nevertheless, every so often, it will, it will, it will automatically change a number code. So say, for instance, you have Coinbase in your 2FA. And there's going to be a number code right under the name Coinbase. And then off to the right, there's a little timer and it's counting down and it'll um, reach zero and then it'll start over again. Whenever it starts over again, that number will change. So it, that number changes every, you know, every roundabout of whatever that time um, that's allocated on there is. So it, it does not, I mean, it's as random and, and as security goes, that number is only good for that amount of time. So whenever it's asking you to enter your 2FA, you have that amount of time to put that information, to put those numbers in before those numbers change. And don't, don't like, uh, you know, start to uh, fall under pressure, right? Just, you know, uh, it just takes a couple of times. You got to practice this, right? I know some people can kind of squirm a little bit when they're being pressured on their time. And you're thinking, oh, no, I got to put in this real, real quick. And this is freaking me out. You know, um, I mean, it's totally worth it when it comes to your security. And it's a very um, noteworthy type of measure. So whenever you enter the number that comes under Coinbase, you know, you go back into your platform, you type in that number and you're good to go. The transaction is processed because you deemed it so, you know, you it was under your your say so not someone else's, not the ability for someone else to kind of go in and do what they want. This 2FA really kind of, excuse me, adds that element of, you know, that adds that extra measure, what you need in order to, you know, totally safeguard uh, your, your investments. Especially when, you know, say you, you put in $50 on the Orchid uh, crypto and then that value starts to set in because it starts to become more mainstream and readily used by everyone. And that, you know, that 49 cents that it was worth is suddenly it's worth $49 a piece, you know, and that $50 initial transaction today is suddenly, uh, you know, you have suddenly worth $4,900 or something along those lines. So, you know, that's what, you know, when it comes to that level of, uh, you know, type of investment, you, you want to take these extra measures. You want to know that, uh, you have this ability to safeguard with the VPN and, uh, an anti-malware and then a 2FA on top of that. I mean, man, how much of, uh, you know, how many structural brick walls do you need to put in place, uh, to, to really feel better about, you know, your investments. So these are, like serious easy levels of of security to kind of safeguard your stuff and um and it's really not really not a problem it's just it's just that easy um and again i think they're so for instance like if you were to open up a uh, an account in the gemini exchange um it it also i think um you don't really have a choice it pretty much um um has you it, it takes you to another type of vpn um, and has you, uh, create the VPN for, you know, through them. And they use a different kind of, uh, VPN, not like the, the Google version of 2FA. Theirs is called like Authy, A-U-T-H-Y. And, um, they, they pretty much bring up the app and 
<clears throat> so then you'll have a 2FA with Gemini with that particular, um, you know, um, authentic, authenticated uh, sign-on. And so, you know, these are, these are um, very easy things to carry out, very easy protocol um, safety measures to, to, to take into account whenever you're dealing with this space. This is the, the level of security that you have to take seriously because you do not want to go through um, finding out that, um, you know, you're, you're missing some crypto somewhere in some way. And, uh, you know, whenever you look into an app, whenever you're, uh, if it's a wallet or an exchange, you know, do some thorough and diligent reading and reviews on what others are saying. And again, carrying on the conversation of how others feel about that app. And, um, and so these are, you know, just some very, I think, just definite standpoints to kind of, you know, take into account on how you keep your passwords and, um, and, and where you keep them, you know, um, especially, especially like the, the 12 word seed phrase. So what this is, is whenever you open, um, open up a wallet somewhere and part of the sign on process is the first level of security that they'll, that this platform will ask you is to, uh, write down these 12 particular words, because these 12 words are how you're going to access your account to authenticate your account. So you will write these 12 words offline. One thing that's um, almost readily practiced is these 12 words are screenshotted or copy pasted on the note app. Again, um, still there's no level of security design for those, um, for that action of you screenshotting to put it in a note app. Um, they're not secured in that form. So if you can write them off on a, um, external, you know, physical hard copy, you can access that, um, you know, you can access your account whenever you need to, if you're moving on onto another device, <clears throat> you will be able to, uh, create, create that account on a whole other device. All you need are those 12 words to, to prove that that's your account. And that's a very, that's a very big one too, to keep note of, to keep mind of. I mean, if you have a very strong memory and you can remember all of these, then that's, that's even better. Um, um, but you know, as, as an extra layer of measure, a safety secure measure to take is not to use the same password on everything. You know, if you have multiple wallets, multiple platforms, multiple ways of signing into different apps, if you have the same password on every single one of those, that's also a risk. Okay. And, um, so consider, um, you know, deviating from use, utilizing the same, um, password over and over again, because again, if you think about it, if someone accesses one, then they can access all, if you have the same password. Don't be overwhelmed that uh, all this may sound like a bit much, but these are just um, precautionary measures, ways to think about how how you can safeguard yourself. You know, you there's nothing more important than safety, okay? Because this this deals with uh, you know your well being, and um, and these are just very helpful tips and tricks that that you should um, you know um, apply to adjust to. You know, um, don't try and think of it as, 
of if, of it being so impossible you know just understand what's in, involved here and and you know and you will make do you will just um you know make those necessary um adjustments because of the importance it involves you know so these are um uh i hope these are very helpful um tips for you to kind of for you to take into account because um um you 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 understand how important this is and the level of uh security involved i mean this is this is your money we're talking about okay this is an alternative currency this is going to be um you know just um just things that that will i think just be very helpful now according to how things are going to change you know just you know you'll just go from it you know from there and figure out all right so what's the next uh what's the next availability on how this offers um uh safety and security okay um so in the crypto space one of uh, the more popular ways of securing your uh, crypto is is really just keeping them offline and so that's when we're going into the external ledgers all right so uh, an external device an external ledger external wallet a code wallet if you will <clears throat> so there's two terms a hot wallet which is uh, your wallet that's online and the code wallet which is a wallet that's offline which is an external device it looks a lot like a, um, a usb type of uh, uh, contraption and you know you plug it in via usb and you transfer your cryptos into that and it has its own level of security as well you know whether it's password or or a seed phrase and that way you you know you've taken that into account of not even having your cryptos online so there's no worry there they're kept offline however if somebody can uh have access to your sign-on then there lies the problem if they have your information and this has occurred with one company uh called the um uh, the, the ledger nano i don't mean to uh um single them out but they did uh, get hacked and they lost a lot of customer information so the hackers were able to access customers information and uh, the company itself um, I don't think has really done enough um, in response to that so and maybe they have now but at the time they got hacked that is I can't tell you how how dangerous of a thing that is especially for a company to have the, that information the way they did for a hacker to access it um, um but there are other types of uh, of ledger wallets out there Trezor is another popular one and one thing to take into account is the depending on what ledger wallet you have how compatible they are to the majority of how many cryptos they can carry some can be pretty limited i think the Trezor wallet is pretty uh well off enough that they can carry a huge range of different types of of cryptos and altcoins that um you know um that that pretty much carry anything and so this is probably one of the more popular and safest ways to um hold crypto or at least keep them offline again you're going to be your own bank the the way that this digital era is transforming um is completely changing in a, in a way that you're going to have to make adjustments and so um you got to think about how to be your own bank now 
you know, banks are going to be offering this custody service so that you can just go to a, maybe a brick and mortar bank and, and deal with them. And, uh, um, what that's going to look like, I can't imagine, um, considering how things are rolling out in society. Um, but you know, if you feel comfortable with dealing with things yourself and, um, you know, there are definitely ways to go about it. And so, uh, those wallets are very inexpensive, I think, ranging in the round of maybe like 40 to 50, 60 dollars. And then it goes up to 150 for the more advanced types of uh, wallets out there. And there's some really good ones. Um, uh, there's one that I wish I could remember the name of. It's it's one of the newer wallets, external wallets that have come out. And it had it has an impressive team. Um, if I ever think of the name, I'll bring it up on a later episode. And um, so finally, one of the final measures on this uh, safety uh, and security um, ways to go about securing your funds is if you decide to keep your cryptos online within the hot wallet space, there is a device. It is called uh, Ubik Key. Um, Why? uh, Let's see. I'm going to try and pull it up here. So the Ubit key is is a uh, a key that you will have to um, open up your device with. Um, uh, I think to kind of turn turn on uh, even turn on your phone. Um, okay. So it's called a um, it's called a Ubit key, a Ubi key, Y U B I K E Y Ubi key. And the company is called Ubico. Protect your digital world with YubiKey. And um, it it basically, the key looks like a USB device and it plugs into your phone. And uh, so I think there's two models on this where uh, it works as a, um, a plug-in to your phone, but it also has a, a more advanced model that has an NFC uh, capability, which means you... Um, don't have to really plug anything in. It just kind of, if you touch it to your device, it will open it up. And so what a YubiKey does is um, allow you to um, kind of, I think even turn on your phone. I don't have one myself, but it's a very strong security, uh, a major investment for your security. And one that I'm very, um, you know, determined on maybe obtaining because of the, um, the, the exact measure that it takes in uh, preventing account takeovers and it i mean it actually can go so far as it, you even being passwordless because no one will be able to access your device or your wallets without this security key so this ubi key is uh, a very i think uh, a very strong one of one of the strongest forms of security i've ever seen or heard of to be honest and uh so yeah, all you have to do is either you insert the key or just touch it and tap it to your phone, and um, that gives you access. And and if, and if you do not have the key, then you know you do not access your device. And I don't know about you, but I don't like losing keys at all. So that's one thing I I keep in touch with at all at all times. So maybe putting that on my keychain would not be as bad of an issue. Um, but again, you as long as this thing will come with a uh, a copy of some form so i can 
you know, just in that event, if I do lose keys, I won't be totally locked out because I think if, you know, if in fact this UV key is uh, unaccessible, say if you lost it or something, um, then you kind of lost everything else. So uh, uh, I think this was a very interesting protocol. I mean, a safety measure to kind of think about um, because of, of how advanced that is in its uh, digital securitization. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much the, um, the ultimate levels of the, how to go about your, you know, security within, you know, safeguarding yourself and all these things. Um, uh, so <clears throat> a couple of uh, information sites that I'd like to recommend, and you know, when you have to do your research on this stuff, um, you know, aside security aside just the crypto space alone when you wanted to find out what the headlines are looking like because you're not going to see this stuff in your your everyday mainstream news stuff you know it's not going to be in your the major networks they're not talking about this stuff yet and so you have to kind of look for it and so one uh media site that you could um look at is one that's called coindesk uh coindesk is an app as well and it pretty much um, it has a, a huge range of all the major headlines or happenings taking place around the world uh, in relation to crypto. I mean, as far as what every country is doing, uh, governments, companies, anything along those lines, such as what India is doing and them uh, going back and forth, banning crypto, not banning crypto. That's just so crazy. Or to what, you know, a major bank is doing. Um, in which, by the way, uh, one, one major bank just sent out a, a, I'm going to say a private memo to their wealthiest clients on a list of particular cryptos, um, as far as what to invest in almost like a cheat sheet. And they, um, (laughs) and the initial investment is, uh, just $10 million, you know, so, uh, if you wanted that list and you had $10 million, you could probably get it. Um, but yeah, they go over a lot of different uh, uh, big headlines, kind of keeping you up to date and in touch with what's going on in the, the market space. And so Coindesk, they're really, really helpful in some areas. And it feels like they're more um, business oriented. And another popular and one of my favorites that I like to use is one that's called Coin Telegraph. And they are an app in the phone as well. And um, their website's uh, really easy to use. They have all sorts of <clears throat> options to kind of look into to find out what categories, uh, how you want it to kind of filter out what information you were looking for. And Cointelegraph kind of really um, just breaks everything down. And uh, I think they have some pretty good journalists and writers on the, every subject out there. You know, as far as what the current state of Ethereum is, what that current state of XRP's uh, lawsuit is, especially the DeFi stuff. Okay, guys. So the DeFi, when DeFi is going to just like be just the end all be all, the decentralized finance, that's going to be your bank. That's going to be your banker. That's going to be your money. That's going to be the reason that you take these safety uh, measures is because of DeFi. DeFi is pretty much going to be um, just going to be the main rhetoric on on everybody's lips on what they're going to be talking about in 
in dealing with cryptos in the future. And even NFTs, NFTs are such a big thing, but NFTs are part of the DeFi. It's just one of the, the money-making factors. And, um, and so they are very uh, well, the Cointelegraph keeps you very well informed about what um, uh, DeFi is doing. And, um, you know, and as well as all the countries around the, the world, um, such as, you know, the, the green initiatives and how that's going, what organizations are doing, even, um, you know, insights into uh, what NFTs are doing. This one headline says basketball billionaires form NBA blockchain. I mean, whenever you see some of the headlines in here, you see just how clear and how invested the rest of the world already is. So why aren't you if you're not? What is the holdup? You know, and so there's another headline, what gives Ether token its value? And it comes and the, the writers are very good in really breaking down examples on why these things are going to be so valuable. I will tell you the craziest headline I saw this morning was of Dogecoin. Apparently, um, the, there's a NASCAR that has a Dogecoin out there. And Mark Cuban has now said that he's going to accept Dogecoin for Dallas Maverick tickets. I tell you what, I mean, when it comes to favorites, they're going to use those coins to to kind of really incentivize what's going on. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here, guys. Thank you for uh, sticking with me. If you need to go back and write down some of these tips and keep them in mind on how you are going to uh, really take care of your uh, investments. So at this, thanks, y'all. Uh, see y'all again very, very soon or talk to y'all very soon and um, stay strong and huddle on. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more disruption. This is One Nation Under God and Crypto for All. This has been Globe Media Network Podcast.